welcome to Film Friends. This is Jordan Smith, your host, and with me, as always, the wickedly talented I hate it. Kate Einkorn. Hey. And our special guest, Matt Bailey. Hi. Hey, guys. How's hey. it going? Um, I have something to say right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, me too. The intros, I feel weird saying hi every time. I feel like... Do you want to have I like? I feel awkward just saying hi. I'm fine <laughs> with it, but I'm not fine with the wicked. <laughs> Do you guys want to have like a catchphrase? Especially or because yeah, I like might need one. That's even not even our film friend today. Yeah, that's true. It was, he's just been on my mind lately. Oof. John Travolta. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> um, yeah, so welcome back. This is episode 16, um, and once again we have another guest in the studio with us. Very excited. He traveled a <laughs> long way to get here from the third floor. Um, he's our good friend, our in-house war slash karate expert you always say karate <laughs> karate <laughs> and uh he's also a fellow podcaster uh, has a podcast with our other expert intern engineer mike paulshock called cheap date and that person is mark minchoff welcome well thank you for having me on the show i'm yeah. very excited about it yeah i'm very excited i have I'm, to say something i'm nervous that. about it <laughs> i'm not don't, don't. i'm no. not nervous about it at all but i do have to say i always say where's mark and jordan says at karate and i always <laughs> correct him so i just yeah, want to let you know no, it's a funny joke i like it uh i made the same not, joke last night you're not the only people that say that to <laughs> yeah. me too which is a bummer sorry martial arts expert uh, i guess yeah, is yeah, whatever you want to say it thing. is um I do think it's strange. I want to say right off the bat that Mike has been on the show more than I have. <laughs> oh, wow. We're in a friendship unity in, on our podcast that we are equally on it all the time, and all the guests are on once. Well, well, I'll Mike, say- Mike is wears many hats, though. You know, well, he's he's our artist. <laughs> he designed the logo. He engineers. He's currently engineering us. Yeah. I know and I can't talk poorly about yeah. him. He's right there. He also wrote the all my music <laughs> he wrote the music i mean he's and he owns two hats and maybe he owns three two hats. maybe three well, and you know me and kay have never been on a cheap date that's so. true mike really own, only want? owns one hat and we went on a cheap date together on our podcast and he bought it at a walmart and yeah no, listen to that owns, one i was on that uh, yeah, he, he owns more than that well, you, he owns what? that hat he owns the hurry hat and then he oh, owns a right. beanie you're right so I, three hats I, I, I lost track of all the hats he's worn i apologize yeah. to mike if he's listening which i know he is because he's an engineer of this episode i'm bailey and kate i apologize you guys haven't been on our show yet uh, mike scheduled all the guests so i would pick it up with him <laughs> wow. well throwing him under the man bus. already wow. starting off yeah. hot uh, love well, it thank you guys for having me on the yeah, show really absolutely absolutely um so i'm just gonna throw it right over to you mm-hmm. who you chose and why? <laughs> I chose uh, Brendan Fraser. Woo! Uh, he he's probably one of my favorite underdog action stars. It, you know, <laughs> I know he's done a lot of movies, a lot of kid movies. However, he has a nice little stint of the Mummy movies that really are you know the quintessential action movie. Mm-hmm. It has uh, unbelievable stunts. It has magic. It has like a uh, a terrible villain that's you know almost uh, well is uh, subhuman, superhuman, whatever. Uh, and you want to see that villain die, and you want to see this hero succeed. And he's kind of an anti-hero in some points, too, so I don't know. He's I a mean, great guy. <laughs> if we're jumping into it, I think 
he's a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about wow. that. So oh my god! <laughs> Can you explain? Uh, I'll I'll save it till we I get to I have to, to say movie. something. Brendan Fraser was one of my childhood heartthrobs. Oh yeah, I could see. I was obsessed with Brendan Fraser. I made my mom take me to movies he was in in the theaters. I was obsessively watching Airheads, George of the Jungle, and one of my favorite movies, and I will defend it till I die, Encino Man. Oh, okay. Understandable. So I'm very happy you picked him. This uh, is like a little joy to me. Well, at the time of action movies like Lethal Weapons, uh, Die Hards, Predator 2... <laughs> You have an action star like Brendan Fraser who's giving you a real, like, supernatural action that I love. So. He's so fresh. Yeah. And what a hunk, right? I mean, undeniably, he was a sex symbol in oh, the 90s. Oh, for sure. Hunk. He's jacked as hell. It's hard to view him as a sex as symbol. As a sex symbol, just because how, like, he comes off now is such a joke, I feel like. Yeah. It's a shame. It really is. Yeah. Do you guys remember Stretch Armstrong? Those yeah. like those? Oh, yeah. I so love Stretch Armstrong. He reminds me of a Stretch Armstrong that was left on a heater <laughs> or in direct sunlight for too long. Like, yeah. he was he was great, jacked as heck. And then yeah. as time unfolded, Ooh. he just kind of fell apart. Yeah, so. especially if you Google Brendan Fraser now and go into images. I kind of love that analogy. <laughs> yeah. Kind of love that analogy. Yeah, okay. yeah, he's he is a Stretch rough, Armstrong. Yeah. Flat Soto, I would also say. <laughs> <laughs> he could maybe... Uh, no, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> Make a comeback? I was gonna no. say maybe play Stretch Armstrong no, no, no. in a movie. Yeah. He, that's the that's really a debatable. Yeah. Movie. He plays a different role in my heart now than he did as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Um especially the clap from whatever Oscar that was. Yeah, the, the if you don't know what Kate's talking about, Google you must it. be living under a rock. Just Google <laughs> if it. you Google Brendan Fraser Oscars, uh there's a famous clap during a Scorsese, uh, or no, it's a De Niro speech. And mm-hmm. oh, You won't regret it. It'll change your life. I mean, even after the other <laughs> video on the internet of uh, Furry Vengeance, Furry Vengeance <laughs> that yeah. changed my whole, like, yeah. It's a movie. View. Enjoy. In this household, <laughs> Brendan Fraser is loved and adored, though. Yep. And, yes. and, and I'm glad you came on. You wanted to... Uh, you know, keep him going yeah. through this podcast. And hopefully this podcast, this episode, gives him the bump that he needs and he deserves I will to get say, back out there. However, you chose a movie that isn't his greatest in both senses. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I don't know if you've listened to this podcast before. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I just um, wish he was shown in a better light. I mean, if it was my choice, we would have done Encino Man for yeah. sure. Okay, if it was my choice, <laughs> we would have done Blast from the Past. Ooh, I great will say movie. Uh, there is a commonality between the two movies. Oh, it's oh, huge. There's I a think. bunch of them, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean more than one, but yeah. one blatant one. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I should go into it now because I know you guys like. Yo, it. hold it. Just hold like, it. Uh, drop those on people. Um, <laughs> just but, tease them with it a little bit. Yeah, I can't. Well, if it were my choice for the movies, <laughs> and it was, <laughs> uh, let's just jump right into it. We would review for his worst-rated movie, one of his worst-rated movies, coming in at a hot twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The 2008 masterpiece, <laughs> The Mummy, The Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Yo, for as bad as it was, I remember seeing that it made a lot of money. 
So much yeah, four hundred five yeah. million dollars. Yeah. yeah. How? Yeah. Well, the budget was one twenty one. I think. So. I was say it had to have that movie but looked like, like it costed him. That's jillion. also worldwide gross. See well, this is a huge, also, yeah. huge worldwide yes. movie. Well, Jet Li is yeah. in the movie as well, and as a Chinese like superstar. Yeah. Uh, you, that's you, true. Would this, assume that his, there's a lot of people over there in China. Yeah. You're this right. was also a huge franchise. Like, yeah. People loved, very loved this franchise. I mean, I know personally, I love the first mummy mm-hmm. love it uh and i know mark that's one of your favorite movies yeah i uh when i so i moved to la if you haven't listened to our podcast i moved to la for a little bit um and, where you were missed and when i came back i was i still would stay for a week and then go back to la and come back here for a week or whatever every six months but when i'd come back on netflix they had the mummy one so one time i stay here for a whole week and every night before bed i would watch the <laughs> mummy and then go to bed <laughs> I love it. I vaguely remember that. (laughs) It's so good. It's just, it's a classic movie, yeah. Um, So, can you, I'm going to put it on you. Okay. Can you kind of go through The Mummy 1 and The Mummy 2 to kind of bring us up to speed on uh, (laughs) this mummy? Um, Yeah. Just like real briefly. So, uh, The Mummy 1 stars Rick O'Connell, Brendan Fraser. As a American that's a part of the French Foreign Legion, which is a little weird. Set in the 1930s, I believe. Uh, which would have been taken place kind of, um, you know, a few years after World War One. I. Uh, I do believe it's a little strange that he found his way into the French Foreign Legion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they take anyone, really. It's kind of like a, like a, anyone joins it. Uh, and the movie begins with him and his French Foreign Legion gang uh, raiding uh, Hamanatra, which is mm. the, like, uh, sacred, like, resting grounds of uh, Imhotep, uh, which mm. you find out later Imhotep is this mummy that has this like long history behind him the first movie is kind of like a love story mm-hmm. that that uh goes wrong imhotep loves this uh priestess girl uh nak surama uh which is really hard to remember and wow. really hard to how say. are you doing uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um uh the uh, this the emperor or king or pharaoh at the time seti uh loves her and he uh, doesn't want anyone to have sex with her but him and then Imhotep loves her, so they fall in love or having sex. Then uh, the emperor, the pharaoh, kills the Ankh-Suram-Naman. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say uh, uh, from now on, Ankh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, Imhotep goes out of his way to end up, you know, resurrecting her through the Book of the Dead. But these high priests come and then uh, more or less put a curse on him but they bury him alive mummify him alive put beetles on him, and then you know yeah put him in there and long story <laughs> short uh for the first mummy <laughs> <laughs> brandon fraser comes brandon fraser and screws everything up and they basically <laughs> uh two uh, guns ablaze yeah the, him and his gang Ooh. of americans bring the mummy alive and it's a whole disaster movie from there it's like a chase action mm. um betrayal uh <laughs> sounds very yeah. similar to the movie uh, <laughs> well the second movie is pretty much the same yeah. exact thing a cult comes around what's it called the mummy returns yeah the mummy returns it's the mummy the mummy returns um and then it's the scorpion king then the uh, this fourth movie that we're yeah. going to talk about um the second movie uh, is a cult comes around <laughs> with a look, a uh, direct descendant of Aksunratnaman. Uh, it's really hard every time I try to put yeah. that out there. And they try to resurrect the uh, Imhotep again through this bracelet thing that they steal. There's a bunch of chase scenes. He gets resurrected, and they're trying to find this uh, this staff so they can control the uh, army of the dead, Anubis's army, mm-hmm. which are all these like dog-like creatures. Mm-hmm. And when they end up going through this long process of like going to a pyramid in the desert, 
uh, unlocking this device, going from there to the Scorpion Kings. Uh, Ooh. The Rock. The, the Scorpion Kings lair. Uh, there's a huge fight scene between Imhotep, Brendan Fraser as Rick O'Connell, and then uh, the Scorpion King. Imhotep's betrayed. Uh, he kills himself. Brendan Fraser kills the Scorpion King. From what I remember, he might not at the very end. The Scorpion King might just go back into his lair, mm-hmm. and then the uh, and the movie's over. Nice. nice. So where's Rachel Wise? Uh, in the first two, she's there. Yeah, uh, she's in that library in the yeah. first scene. Yeah, she's well, I and they have a kid in the second one, which is featured in this film. Yeah, I miss Rachel Wise. She's Me too. obviously not in this third one. We'll get to that. Fourth one. Um, She's beautiful. Uh, fourth one. Debatable. Debatable. It's I mean, debatable. if you count the Scorpion King as a third movie, which uh, The Rock took a few roles away from Brendan Fraser in that time period. He took away um, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Brendan Fraser did that movie oh, as wow. well. Yeah. And then the, uh, he, they were going to do a sequel to that. And Brendan Fraser uh, was going to hold out for the director of The Incredibles. And then the studios were like, now nah, screw it. Let's give it to The Rock. He'll do it right now. And then wow. The Rock took wow. that from him. Do you think they have beef? Uh no, because the Rock is so above him, like wow. in, wow. in fame, what? in fame, in Net money, worth. in size. Like, do you think he has beef with um, Tom Cruise? Oh, new mummy. Ooh. Oh, new mummy. Yo, new mummy. <laughs> new mummy in town. Has anyone seen New Mummy? No. I have. I saw it on an airplane going to uh, uh, Denmark. Did you like it? No, it was like a, a really bad movie. Really? It wasn't. It, it was it supposed to be like a. I know it's like a reboot of yep. The Mummy, but was it like a reboot of like Brendan Fraser's Mummy? The story no. was different, So right? this is the dark universe. What they're doing is they're releasing. So all these movies were released back in like the 1920s, yeah. uh, 1930s as like the original like Black and White Mummy, yeah. Black and White, you know, Creature yeah. of the Black Lagoon, Lagoon, Frankenstein, whatever. So Brendan Fraser was in fact a remake of those movies. And then this Tom Cruise series is a remake. Is of, now a remake of that of uh, okay. just all that anyway. And they're all calling it the Dark Universe. Yeah. So they're gonna have uh, the Mummy. They're gonna do um, Creature of the Black Lagoon. Another Frankenstein. They're gonna do oh, another cool. Dracula movie. That's I mean, cool. Tom Cruise ruined that movie. That yeah. Mummy movie, <laughs> well, so. I'm sure it wasn't Tom Cruise's fault. Uh, they they said that <laughs> on set he demanded like everything. He was the director of that movie, even though there was a director there. The director feared him. And he like controlled and everything. Scientology is getting to his head. Wow, uh, and that's he's the director's fault I for also being just, a baby. <laughs> I also hate that like they casted someone older than Brendan Fraser to oh, do that. Oh, interesting. That's an interesting. But he's in better shape and better looking. It's just weird. I mean, yeah, he does his own stunts. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, Mark, I just <laughs> yeah, want to say, say yeah. I think you uh, watching these mummies mummy movies before bed every night yeah. has led you to this moment in your life <laughs> i think yeah. so like, i think you're delivering and i'm proud of you uh, there yeah I, I agree there's a the secondary <laughs> movie we, we um that we are going to talk about mm-hmm. at the very end the uh, main protagonist antagonist mm-hmm. says to brennan fraser he says do you believe that people come into your life for a reason uh, yeah. and uh i think that this is it you guys, i think you uh, came uh, into our lives for wow. this but one. I think a lot of things in your life have come to this moment. There was a moment oh. in our life together <laughs> yeah. where you were sleeping on the couch. I came out to sleep on the couch and you were watching. Not a, in the same, yeah, not well, the same no. couch. So. Two different couches. Two different couches. It was like three o'clock in the morning and you were watching a conspiracy theory TV show about ancient Egypt. Yeah. Wow. So I think a lot of things in your life have come to this moment. Some people say I'm opinionated. Yeah. Some people call yeah. you... Uh, 
Rick O'Connell. <laughs> <laughs> Not a single person is called me, unless there's a message board that I don't know about. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to read the synopsis of this mummy since Mark brought us up to it. Um, this one's set in the Far East, where Alex O'Connell, the son of famed mummy fighters Rick and Evie O'Connell, unearths the mummy of the first emperor of Kin? Uh, Quinn? Quinn, I guess. Quinn. A shape-shifting entity cursed by a witch centuries ago, mm-hmm. mm. which is basically it's the, the same yeah. formula yeah. they've used in the past two. Like, a love triangle right in the beginning of the lo- movie. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. love triangle. But that's like what I wrote. I was like, at least this feels like a mummy movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I had issue right away with like the narrator. Like I thought that was super lame and i could tell it was like a bad movie just because there was like a narrator for like literally 20 minutes of the first i don't remember the narrator at all yeah there's there's a narrator because i was confused i was like is this supposed to be evie narrating or who is this narrator it's because she's like a writer right so she's like i think it is her narrating she is she becomes a writer after the second mummy movie yeah because they want to leave that life so she's narrating like her second book is what it sounds like and as we mentioned Mm. before rachel wise who i loved in the first two beautiful woman she is gorgeous gorgeous Her in the library in the first it's movie. Jordan's Her dream. and books. My dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, where were we? <laughs> um, no, yeah. So, so she's not in this third one. Mark, you were telling me she was gonna. She wanted to be yeah. a part of it, then backed out. Yeah. So she signed up pretty much before everyone else signed up, and was so on board for this movie. And then they had to slowly start getting the cast together. Her brother, who I actually forget his name. Oh yeah, it's John Hanna. But that's right. Not his, that's not his actor's oh. name. That's his his character's mm-hmm. name. Uh, no, that's his. Is that cool? Name, that's yeah. like oh, his, he's like the comedy relief. Yeah, like yeah. The comedy yeah. relief. Well, he like signed up for it, and then Brendan signed up for it. But by the time they got everyone together, she like had a child, and then she was like, oh, "I gotta take care of this kid." So they recast her. <laughs> gotta take care. And of did this you guys kid. see the like immediate <laughs> yeah. uh, nod, the nod to that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Looks at the camera, yeah. Yeah. and she, she says, she, "Yeah." So she's an author. She's mm-hmm. at a book signing, and they ask her a question like, "Are you gonna go on any more adventures? What's your next mommy adventure?" And she's like. Well, that person was a completely different person. Basically, yeah, looks yeah. at the camera and well, says, "Do you guys believe that they uh, had you think that the first two movies were just her retelling the movies to you, and ah. this there was just like a, a storyline, ah. like a story that she was reading to you guys the entire time, and she wanted to cast herself in the first two movies or portray herself as a much more beautiful, large-chested oh, woman?" Yeah, that's awesome. That's a good theory. I actually back that. That is an interesting theory. I, back, I don't like think that's what happened. <laughs> it doesn't I mean, account. It, it doesn't account for Brendan Fraser being yeah, the exactly the same. Yeah. Um, I like it, the theory. I don't think it's true, I like but I like it. it. Yeah. yeah. So the new Evie's played by Maria Bello. Yeah. Um, which be- Bella in Italian is span- uh, beautiful. It's Spanish. It's Spanish. <laughs> Which- I mean, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> uh, Which Bella in Italian is Spanish. Yeah. You know, um, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Great. Yeah, so, so the movie opens up with her, and then we go, we see Brendan Fraser. Yes. Um, fly fishing. Fly fishing. Oh, yeah. Trying to get used to his life as... Uh, uh, normal a man, normal person, a retired yeah. man, mm-hmm. a retired mummy fighter. <laughs> yeah, and of course, doing the classic American fly fishing. 
Yeah. But but he can't do it. He doesn't have the patience. So right away, he brings out those dual guns. I love Rick O'Connell shooting two guns. I love it more than anything. He also goes with, uh, if you notice this, but it's classic like American six shooters. Like they personify him as such an American. Yeah. He's coming on with these like Western six shooters. Oh, right. Even later on in the movie, when him and his son are having like. A My, sexual yeah, talk yeah. or something. Yeah. He like compares his gun to his son's, and it's like a really long. I don't know what the name. <laughs> He's was. trying to say uh, it has Tom, a bigger dick than his son. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's really weird. Well, it was a, a Thompson submachine gun. Is yeah, what it was. yeah, yeah. Um, but wow. And if you notice later in the movie oh, that his son has like a semi-automatic pistol, mm. and there's like you see the duality of like, yeah, like a younger, yeah, like yeah. more energetic yeah. penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so the old school versus the new school. So that's kind of what drives the this movie. His son Alex, they think he's in college, mm-hmm. but he drops out. He's in archaeology, just mm-hmm. like his mother was. I guess his mom started off like yeah, archaeology, yeah. and uh, he's over in China, <laughs> um, doing a dig. Uh, fun financed by a professor. His professor. I do have something really important I want to yeah, say yeah, before we move on. Uh, is that, I don't know if you guys picked this up in the in the beginning. Is that he's getting used to his normal life uh, post World War II? This is like 1947 mm-hmm. um, or 1946. He goes into one of the rooms in their uh, uh, enormous mansion and he sees his old like French Foreign Legion uniform. And oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a slight scene where like he starts to hear the bombs dropping. Yeah. I think throughout the entire movie he is suffering from PTSD from the not only the war with the mummies but also World War II. Like, World but, War II. Yeah, yeah, but. In the first two movies, isn't that also post World War Two? No, the it would be it'd be right after World War One. Oh, and then this is the the one that's right after World War Two. Interesting. So. I agree. I mean, he his first opening line is "You could run, but you can't hide." Yeah. I think <laughs> he's suffering. He's suffering. So but they their, don't. They don't their mention marriage it is at also <laughs> their marriage is also suffering from oh, yeah. the lack of adventure. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, they're like, "Oh, we don't like have sex anymore. We're like just these fuddy duddy people." And she like gets up on her desk and is like tries to seduce him. Yeah, and the way I love that when she gets on the desk and she's like literally someone just like pulls her across the desk because she just like glides across (laughs) it, and then she's like trying to seduce him. He's like, I can't do it anymore. Well, he's sleeping at one. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying like it's just like clear that they're just like. They need adventure to, mm-hmm. to get it on. Yeah, they're thrill seekers. They are, 100%. You know, and, uh, so they are then commissioned or brought out of retirement essentially to take this egg. Also, it's <laughs> Is like, it an egg? Or it's it? a diamond. It's a it's diamond a, inside of an egg. Couldn't uh, anyone have delivered that? Well, no. Only they I guess he didn't catch. Oh, I didn't get I think someone didn't watch the movie. Oh, wow. Um, so... <laughs> So they commissioned them to go to China to take this diamond over there. Um, lo and behold, they didn't know their sons over there um, who just dug up the first emperor, mm-hmm. Quinn, which the backstory on that, you want to give the backstory? Uh, yeah, he wanted to. So this it was uh, it's actually in the <clears throat> in the movie alone. He's only called the uh, the dragon emperor. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't have a name at all. It's just mm-hmm. the dragon emperor. And uh, almost an empanada, dragon yeah. empanada. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he is like the strongest, you know, biggest, uh, like ruler in the world. At He's that just time. conquering of, yeah, everyone yeah. of the Quinn or Kin dynasty. And uh, he has this huge army. He meets this woman who he, he loves. But one of his, uh, his the dragon emperor's greatest general is this guy, uh, General Ming. Ming, Super Ming falls in love with this girl uh, while she's on the quest to find a, more, a way to make the dragon emperor immortal. 
uh, they fall in love, have sex, uh, blatant sex. Um, <laughs> the sex was so blatant. Not like unknowing. <laughs> it was blatant sex. And they... Uh, One of them uh, was just sleeping. I guess Doc, uh, generally, Dragon Emperor, knew that it was going to happen or like sensed it. So he ended up uh, killing his greatest general, General Ming, throwing his body in the uh, foundation for the Great Wall of China. And then, yeah. and they also throw everyone they conquer yeah. on his conquest. Yeah. They throw all those people yeah. underneath the wall as they're building yeah, the Great Wall. Foundation for question. It. Yeah, is that is, true? Is it true? <laughs> is this based on that? That's a legitimate thing. Yeah, when people were to, were to die or they would fall in. Uh, I mean, oh it was just gosh. it was just a way of you know burying tell. the bodies, really. So <laughs> you don't believe it? No, I believe it. Yeah, I'm Thanks, gonna throw Kate. something out here. Oh shoot! It's on on the subject of immortality. Mm-hmm. Overrated or underrated? I think the idea of it is cool. Like the fountain of youth or like yeah. the, that thing being like an actual place is like a cool idea, but I don't know. Because all these movies are based off of like immortality and, and you know, <laughs> I, I just, I don't get it. I, I think living for thousands of years would be a bummer. <laughs> They're all lying dormant though so they're not like living it up Maybe they're, they're like yeah they're all just like in a halfway state true true uh, but their so original quest was to gain immortality right, their, their original not... quest wasn't to be cursed and just sit there yeah. all right so i'm saying like but we're not we're asking us this question knowing this information that like Mm-hmm. I, they're just chilling you're just saying would it be cool to live in general <laughs> in general yeah in general if i like had a healthy body like and stayed that way like forever yeah maybe that'd be dope yeah i would be down if i was at this age of my life yeah forever and i wasn't just an old man forever i'd be down would you say you're in your peak physical shape in your life maybe a couple years ago but <laughs> yes uh there's a I, I read an interesting theory on immortality and as you know, right now in our lifespan, let's say we live to 100 years old, as children, we view, um, you know, a whole summer, we view it as like four years long. Like when we're, summer comes during mm-hmm. school, it's forever. And mm-hmm. as you get older, a summer comes and goes, you know? Oh, yeah. And when we're, when our 70s or we're in our 80s, you view uh, like a day or two as like really nothing, like mm-hmm. time's flying mm-hmm. so f- fast for you. So mm-hmm. the theory is that if immortality were to be given to you, you would view time significantly differently than you we view it yeah. now. So you're 400 years old. True. You really would start to you would live a life with someone, you know, mm. and then you would forget them instantaneously yeah. because you're just living life. Oh, you know, your perception of time just changes so much. It's like the curse of the vampire. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. vampire movies always yeah. touch on that too. So it makes you wonder if if it's because it's a magical immortality. Is their minds, you know, perfect at all mm-hmm. times? Can mm-hmm. they recall everything they've right. lived through? So, or does time alter? Yeah. But would you be able to then access more of your brain because yeah. you have more time to ex- like explore your intelligence? Mm. That's it. And these are the topics I wish they would have touched <laughs> yeah. upon in the mummy, in the mummy, <laughs> the mummy. tomb of the dragon yes. emperor. So let's get into. I I I need to address this right off the bat. So they're pissed that their son drops out of college to join a famous archaeology dig, yeah. which he shouldn't be able to join anyway because he is, doesn't have a degree and he dropped out of school doesn't anyway, have money. has no money. And when you drop out of school, that automatically should eliminate you from a school funded program. 
So I was like, there's no way this kid should even be on this dig. And why would his parents be mad at him for discovering something yeah. so Yo, amazing? The second greatest yeah. discovery of all yeah. time. Yeah, when your parents are famous, you I feel like you just get a pass. So your problem in this movie lies in <laughs> how he was financed to do the dig. No, I no, but there's just like... It's just so many. That's just like the tut, like the tip of all the things that like piss me off about this movie. But that was like one of the things that really upset me because I was like, they're pissed that he dropped out of college mm-hmm. to do something fantastic. But then the thing that he's doing fantastic, he shouldn't have been even allowed to like lead to begin with. How did you guys feel about the casting of like the son? It's a different son than Mummy Two. He's too much like a fake Brendan Fraser. Like Yo, a, he a is. Down. Oh, he is. He is Brendan Fraser. 1.5 well he's his son how could he also he's too much like his dad (laughs) i would like to respond to your statement by saying i think it's you're underestimating the the brilliance of the director uh, robert cohen who has also directed uh fast and the furious and triple x triple x and braveheart i believe was the other dragonheart oh dragonheart (laughs) 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 but uh the genius of the director at that time, and probably not even the director, but the script writers, was that uh, Professor Wilson, who funded this entire archaeology dig, knew the parents uh, of the O'Connells mm-hmm. and Evie, you know, Rick O'Connell and Evie, and knew how they were wonderful at, uh, you know, finding mummies right. and resurrecting them, basically, and being great archaeologists. So by using the son as a pawn, it allowed them to bring the family into to the mix. To bait them into it. And then have them resurrect the Dragon Emperor for immortality. So Which, yeah. they used this boy. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was all, like, a, a big, like, plan to, yeah. like, turn on them. So at that eventually. moment, you get revealed that the professor was against them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're double-crossed. Double yeah, they're, they're yeah. hugely double-crossed. Yeah. Yeah. It happens in every movie. It happens yeah. in every movie. <laughs> and that's why they were the ones to deliver the diamond, right? Yeah. Yes. I get that part, but I'm like... Any literally though, anyone could have delivered the Yeah, but they're the greatest just, mummy fighters uh, and, and resurrected. Well and I get what I got that part. Like I got that like they wanted them to deliver. Like I understood that part. Yeah. But I'm like in re- like literally so they anyone could have Ooh. physically delivered. Well the it. person that gave the diamond to the O'Connells was uh someone of the British SAS or you know, British government. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Wilson probably knew he had to somehow get it away from the government into the hands of someone they trust so then he can then hijack oh, it and get it gotcha. to him. You know, he probably had, was able to pull some strings as far as getting, uh, you know, the right people into the right hands, but he probably couldn't, you know, have this diamond any other way get to Which him. leads me to my next question. Are they the only people that do this? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> they um, might be the only people, including her brother, Jonathan, that have yes. bought mummies. Because... Jonathan is sick. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Brendan Fraser are the only ones that have been in all the yeah. mummy movies. Ooh. So I back him. Yeah. And he, at this time in the movie, owns a like nightclub <laughs> called China. Imhotep. In China. In yeah. China. <laughs> how convenient. Yeah, how convenient. It's genius. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's the Trump of the 1940s. Yeah. yeah. Where we True. meet. I don't mean to politi- be political. Um, what's his name from Game of Thrones? Yeah, Sir Davos. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's uh, yeah. Mad Dog Maguire, yeah. the pilot. Yeah. Now, he was, was he in the other ones? No. Uh, any of them? The no. second one, there was that uh, the African-American man or the African man that rode that, like, uh, Zeppelin kind of device. Right, right. And that, you know, drove them through the, I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, you guys remember that. <laughs> you lost me. Totally, totally. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, Sir Davos is like an old war buddy f- with, from, uh, this with Rick. 
goes yes. back to your theory about the war. World War like, Two, yeah. as you could see, Mad Dog has a drinking problem because of the Great War, mm-hmm. or not the Great War, the World War Two. Yeah, uh, I don't. <laughs> Yo, do you think like after he became rich from all this, all the like the the mummies and. Mm-hmm. Crap! Like, why would he go to war? Because he's a thrill seeker. Look, at he's it. a thrill seeker. Yeah. They can't get enough of it. So. You know, rich talk, people don't go to war. They talk about people in war right now. You know, <laughs> they the, start though. The, the whole oh, this is cut really political. I like it. <laughs> we like to get political on this podcast. Uh, the greatest yes. uh, thrill in hum, you know our lives it would be to hunt another human being and yes. to be in combat. The game. So. Uh, <laughs> Oh, my God. For us to go through and, you know, to be in a, a World War II, which was, you know, just br- brutal. Uh, I'm sure there was a lot of adrenaline that was flowing at the time, camaraderie, and, yeah. The I think, most dangerous game. I think the most dangerous game. Can we talk <laughs> about, like, the archaeological metaphors and innuendos they use throughout this movie? <laughs> I don't remember any okay, of them. I don't remember any of them. Go ahead. I put myself on the spot. <laughs> no, they like I don't remember any particularly, but it would it would be it would be kinda like, ooh yeah, I dig that. Like something along those lines. Like there, I don't remember like, a single one I, I was doing. I just remember like all the gun talks and I was like, he's yeah. talking about his yeah. dick. <laughs> there was a lot of archaeological metaphors so, and I have to talk about this. So after they like find their son and they go back to see his discovery right at the place where they mm-hmm. see like yeah. the emperor and the the horses or they're just like hanging out in that room and this is like the greatest discovery <laughs> of all time and the family's just leaning on it they're all just like hanging out yeah. on the and Brendan Fraser's just throwing that eye around yeah, that diamond and he doesn't care at all yeah, they don't care at fun. all they're just like literally treating it like it's anything I mean else. when you fight Imhotep and yeah. like mummies <laughs> nothing excites the, you fight the scorpion but it's not, yeah. it's not about excitement it's about respect yeah that's true well he hated Dr. Wilson or Professor Wilson whatever it is uh, in that scene, he's very aggressive with him because he he used his son to go on this dig, and he's kind of like you know screw you. But if yeah. that aside, like this is still like the greatest discovery of all <laughs> well, time. Well, also, when they discover <laughs> this tomb, <laughs> they just walk right in. Like yeah, there's no it's issue. So str- he no. falls. No, they don't walk right in. He falls in, yeah. and then he's like, "What do you see?" What he's like, yeah. "I found it." And they guess just, what? I found yeah. it. And there's one trap in the beginning. They, they yeah. set off. All the traps of those bow and arrows, oh, yeah. which are based off of. So this is based off an actual find and an yeah, actual inference. Pretty stuff. recent find too. The, exactly, and those arrow contraptions are real. They're yeah. based oh, off wow. a real thing, that's and that's crazy. why it's taking them so long to get through this real tomb, or like a real tomb, um, because they're, they they set so many traps. Wild. And also, uh, that's which crazy. Is wild. so my which parents is actually went to China. <laughs> Went to the and they tomb. discovered <laughs> and they discovered it, guys. My dad is Rick O'Connell, um, but they saw um, the terracotta soldiers. Yeah, wow. so that's what it's based off of. Yeah, and they said that while they were there, they were still working on it and like recovering mm-hmm. them and like digging it up. And they said there's thousands of them. That's and crazy. They said not only because of the traps, but also they're like because they're made of terracotta, they're super fragile. Okay. So they're like slowly trying yeah. to like like reserve them and they leave them in their place this pretty much might be serendipitous but uh i think the philadelphia <laughs> uh 
arts museum just had the terracotta army in there as one of the, like the yeah, biggest the they did oh the Franklin yeah and I was not interested at all but no. now I until, am. Yep. it's leaving like this week or something oh, really? oh, oh, crap. Crap. we still have time Rick O'Connell's in there guys <laughs> maybe I'll take you guys on a cheap date there one day yeah. <laughs> yo it would be cool if like when Brendan Fraser eventually dies that uh, he tries to get mummified <laughs> <laughs> that is morbid and really it dark is, I think he will though. yeah that I, would I, be I, cool well okay <laughs> so then then what happens is there's a current army that is trying to resurrect mm-hmm. this emperor they've been waiting for someone to discover it and get the diamond and blah blah and blah. they unlock the diamond and all these really awesome little snakes come off yeah, of it which yeah. was like my favorite part Mike of the entire movie um, was those tiny little snakes good and cgi would you guys say yo, that was good cgi i would say this, this movie? movie had horrible cgi yeah i say the snakes was the best part i say that the cgi is pretty outdated no, the CGI, yo, yeah because it's from the 19 or 2008 sorry <laughs> 2008 they should have had better cgi when like well, when jet lee was coming back to life that was good cgi and i think you're just i don't you're know just, you're used I, to I was movies. on board when jet lee would like uh so into marvel when he would because he was terracotta his face would crack when he'd get angry, and then he'd use the fire to kind of. Oh, I think it was the curse that was keeping him completely. Uh, uh, I thought because he would like squeeze, and like the fire would come. Uh, but I was also like, he was forcing himself to like crack and break. Yeah, he kept breaking his face so he could, you could see his real face. He has me. anger issues. Yeah. But he's been in there for two thousand years. How can? Uh, <laughs> what is the name of the general that was that was that resurrect help resurrect him? General Chang. Oh, General it? Ming. Yeah. No, General Ming was his original <laughs> son. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, well, doesn't General matter. Yang is the one. He's the one who wants to resurrect yes. him. Yeah. He can speak two thousand year old Mandarin, like, <laughs> yes. and uh, yeah. the Dragon Emperor <laughs> understood. I thought the oh. same thing. I was like, that language has had a change yeah. over. Also, Mike was brought this up. Like, this is set what in the nineteen forty six. Yeah, the way Brendan Fraser talks oh, is yeah. just that's not the oh, way people 100%. talk back then. There's so many things like that that I was just like, he the language things. He's like, you so really funny. dropped the ball on that one. And also, like, like, no one says that. There's a point where they're like fighting the big fight at the end and all these yetis come out. Oh, and the yetis. the brother goes, oh my God, she can speak yeti too? I was like, no, the yetis probably just speak Mandarin. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's probably what's up. She summoned them. They're probably part of this like lore. They probably just speak. There's so many language things. I was a fan of the, the yetis. The yetis yeah. were, all, they were the best part. Of they the were movie. the best. They they were, were there were several times where the, like, the yetis were the key yeah, to like yeah. they <laughs> saved, everything. They saved the original... Um, Love interest of the Dragon Emperor. I forget her name right now. It's really bad on me. Z Young. Yeah, that's where they brought yeah. her to Shangri La. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? We have to talk about we'll her for a minute. The daughter. Yes. Okay. She's beautiful. She's beautiful, she's beautiful. but she's so strong and she's so cool. But yeah. she just like they. She falls in love with that asshole son. Because he's a rebel. But like it's a. She's been alive for thousands of years. And Two thousand like, years. <laughs> she. It's like literally they fall in love in like a matter of hours. So who Kate's talking about, who we're referencing are the people who are supposed to be guarding the tomb so this emperor is not resurrected. And her mother is the person who put the curse on him, the witch. Yeah. Um, and I think that wouldn't be that bad of a gig. Like if you had to be immortal and that was your job, because mm-hmm. how many attempts have they had to resurrect this guy? Like they had 2,000 years and then these guys come along? And yeah. yeah, but like how bored would you be just chilling <laughs> and waiting for someone and, to you know, resurrect? A, a similarity is that in 
uh, Mummy 1 and 2, the Medin, I believe it was, where the group of soldiers, holy warriors, that were tasked protecting the Imhotep's tomb so no one could raid it. And uh, they weren't immortal. I don't know where I was going at this point. But <laughs> <laughs> I just want to show my knowledge of Mummy 1. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree, too. Cool. The mom was point, dope. Mark. I loved the mom. I thought she was cool. Yeah. Oh, the mom's dope. Yeah. She's so she was cool. my favorite character in this movie. Can we... Um, Talk about the yak. Oh, oh Geraldine? <laughs> Who's the yak in Sir Davos's plane? Which I don't oh, get. So, yeah, like, they the brought the yak. <laughs> well, who, it's a yak. Who but yeah. Threw up all over him. They brought him up. They get, make it up there and they're like, Geraldine, run free. Geraldine yeah. didn't need to go free. Yeah. There was no reason to Poor set Geraldine, Geraldine like, free. Where's, I want to yeah. see the follow up story. They Where's Geraldine? S- they sent her to her death. <laughs> yeah, they really do. <laughs> The Mummy 5 should be the tomb of Geraldine. Yeah, <laughs> should be. That would be good. Yo, did you guys like when Jonathan's ass caught on fire? And he oh, goes... Yeah. Say it. He goes, my ass. Spank <laughs> my ass. Spank oh, my yeah. Ass. Oh, oh that was the fireworks scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where Yo, I'm like, that scene bugged me so, so much. I turned to Mark and I was like, this movie yeah. sucks. He was, so bu- well, he, he was so bummed. So that girl that was living for 2,000 years gets quote unquote shot. She falls over and then she's fine. She didn't get shot. So why did she fall over she's so dramatically? Yeah. And then there was an unnecessary amount of fireworks that go off in that scene at the end so there was like some oh, fireworks have you ever been to china okay there was like a, there was like one big grand finale of fireworks and then there was like two more grand finales of fireworks afterwards well if you watch lord of the rings fellowship of the ring in the very beginning uh, no the big one the big one i get it yeah there's a bunch of fireworks there too so you just a lot of fireworks oh, wow. in every movie Great, great, uh, great, good job, Mark. You really do love fireworks. That's, if <laughs> I know a fireworks expert, there's a few things in life that I really like, and it's fireworks. Um, no one wanted to comment on how in in that chase scene that happens between the betrayal and then leading up to the mm-hmm. Yeti scene. Um, I think Rick O'Connell like says, oh, "This mummy's got superpowers. <laughs> Every mummy has superpowers. Yeah, <laughs> like this mummy, the differentiate this mummy, mummy between the he's rest. He's so dumb. Yeah, he's like, oh, this mummy got superpowers. He's so dumb. Is he hot still in this movie? Uh yeah, I think so. He's got that classic middle part hair still. He's Mark still had jacked. a big problem with his hair. Oh, what I don't know what I said about it. Tell you me just what I said. Are like his hair. Oh yeah, because it's like <laughs> it's not it's not good. It's like it really looks like it's super thinned, and then you just kind of keep him like trying to puff it up. Yeah. What's that called when people puff up tease his hair? Yeah. And then uh, they're just trying to, teaser. but they're trying to keep that classic middle part going. he should have went with like a sick fade you know what i mean <laughs> that yeah, wouldn't definitely. have been fit for the times no. um, you know also brendan fraser says right. at one point in this movie while talking to i don't know if it was family it was about like the chinese people he goes how much should ying and yang pay you uh, oh my god no. there were so many things he said he was also they were in a fight scene he goes that was this is my favorite blue shirt I'm like then why the fuck are you wearing your favorite blue shirt to a fight but evie didn't like that blue no. shirt. also evie i mean she was as rachel Y. she was very like uh timid and then mm-hmm. came out of her shell a little bit in the first two movies and this one she's like a full martial artist oh, she's doing hand to hand combat she's like jumping on people's faces and doing like spinning backflips <laughs> off of them I don't know. It oh, shows the progression of women's rights a little bit, yeah, right? Am I right? I think you're right. I, you know, I think women need more be more dangerous in films. Yeah, um, so. there's something more ab- There's something about her character though that really bothered me though at What's the that? end. So this, you know, how she's like, she needed to write a second book, yes. right? Because that was her deal, and she was putting it off because she couldn't think of another story because she was like in a writer's block. 
and they went on this adventure and they had a great time and Brendan Fraser says to her now you have material for your new book and she says why write about it when you can do it and I was like because you have a writer's advance for a second (laughs) book and you're required to write a second book I think that they just steal the money yeah, they're literally thieving. That's Can we it. talk about the Yetis again? Oh, we're coming up to them, I think. From... I think we're there. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I, yo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit something. Okay. I fell asleep at the end yeah. of this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I could probably guess what happened at the end. But one of my last notes was... <laughs> before you fell asleep. <laughs> before I fell asleep was Clayboy. I came downstairs and you were boy. laying there completely stiff, and I thought you you were dead. And I, 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 you know. I'm trying to think, Clay Boy. I think it was a moment where there's like a little Clay Boy running on the ground after them. Do you oh, remember yeah. that? Yeah, no. I, it's it's coming up after this. Scene, okay. Yeah. Well, yo, I loved the yet the Yetis when the Yetis when everything was going like horrible and they were about to get killed. These Yetis just roll up. And she calls for them. You've said Yeti more tonight than yeah, you've said in your entire yo, life. Yo, when the Yeti... <laughs> well, she calls for them. She does call. Yeah. I mean, they've been hanging probably for 2,000 yeah, years. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're also like mythological beasts, so they're probably immortal too. I so now are you rethink- I was on board when the Yetis yeah. came in. Are you rethinking like having her job 2,000 years, you get to hang out with these Yo, Yetis? That's that's true. Though maybe she speaks questionable. Yeti. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what? <laughs> I think it's really important to talk at this point is this scene when they go to this temple that's in the mountains uh, uh, the Himalayas yeah they're, they're gonna use this diamond that's gonna allow them to see where Shangri-La is <laughs> that will allow him to become a human immortal whatever mm-hmm. the yeah. dragon emperor um, and this is where like, this huge fight scene unfolds blah, blah, blah. but there's in the beginning of it there's a preparation to it like any great war movie there's always a preparation before a big yeah. battle that you see the humanity that's in the characters because mm-hmm. they have you know they talk before mm-hmm. yeah and this is where the hit Rick O'Connell and his son talk about their uh, dick and how yeah. they have sex. Yeah. And it's just really uncomfortable. Well, they don't come <laughs> out right. They <laughs> talk about their dick. But we yeah. know what they're yeah. talking yeah. about. They're comparing their Oh, when they find a really convenient campsite? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're like, let's set up camp here. And, and it's just like a proper campsite that's yeah. already there. Yeah, Yo, like, and the mom has like a sex talk with them there. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like 30 years Yo, old. He's, <laughs> my mom would never ask me how many people I've ever had sex with. <laughs> like, that's a very strange. My mom would never go in the Himalayans with me. Yeah. <laughs> my mom would never. Yeah, it is weird that me. she blatantly just asks how About many people you've had sex yeah. with. My mom would go to hand-to-hand combat against the mummy <laughs> for my for me. They'll save me. My mom was, uh, that's what moms do they though. They do that. I, I love this movie about moms and a, a <laughs> yeah, son's love. It, you would think it's about a father and son. No. But it's about a mother no, and a son. No, it's about a mother and a son and a dad who's an idiot. <laughs> Which just reminds me of the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship oh, of the Ring. Oh yeah. my God! Yeah, you had a hot take yeah. about a dragon. Let's oh, that's coming home. I, I got I, something else. There's a continuity <laughs> error, and that was in the oh, gun wow. scene where they're talking to each other. Uh, Rick O'Connell shows his son a Thompson submachine gun, and it has a drum magazine on it, from what I remember, which mm-hmm. looks like you know it's round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then like a scene later, he has like a standard magazine plugged into it, like a straight like ruler magazine mm-hmm. plugged into it. Dude, so, I forgot you were a gun expert. Yeah, yeah. his son Our like so they go expert. back and forth, and his son's like, oh, here's like a Russian P uh, SSH Walter. or whatever it is, yeah, yes, and like. I don't know. It was just a silly scene. Really it, it was such a silly scene. They needed them to connect on some level, yeah, and it was yeah. such a weird Because the whole thing to... was about how he was never fathering yeah. his son. Yeah. He, there is a touching moment where he's like, I'm just trying to be a good husband and a good parent. And he puts his hand <laughs> so, on his son's back, yeah. and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, you so the dragons, my dragon. Yeah, thought, you're, you're. What's your? There's a dragon yeah. in this movie. So <laughs> the dragon, dragon emperor becomes a dragon. <laughs> oh yeah, why does oh, he become shit. a dragon? Because he's the dragon emperor. Yeah, he like if you even look at his giant statue they find in the desert, he has like this three headed dragon that's on his like on him. Shout out to Game of Thrones. Yeah, and uh, ooh, Sir Davos. <laughs> Maybe Same universe. J.R. Tolkien, oh, or whatever his name is. J.R. Martin. J.R. Tolkien. Got his inspiration for Lord uh, of the Rings. Lord of the Rings slash Game of Thrones. Uh, so the Dragon Emperor, of all people, decides that he wants to become not a Chinese mythological dragon, which is more snake-like and has no arms and legs, usually, but he wants to become a medieval English dragon <laughs> that has scales, giant wings, arms and legs, and three heads. Interesting choice. Yeah. Interesting choice. And he then becomes a werewolf at the <laughs> yeah. Later in the scene too, he does. He's like, so much happens. Well, in that as a scene. dragon emperor, I guess you get to you get to tie into both the past well, and the future, so you kind of see what unfolds. They um, also address that she's like, he can turn into what the scariest things imaginable. Yeah. <gasps> what if theory, <laughs> conspiracy check? Uh, what if the idea is that he is just turning into what he wants, uh, what their fears are, and he's tapping into Rick O'Connell's fear of medieval dragons. And then that's why he's turning into it. When in reality, he might be an amorphous blob or whatever it is. You know, I saw an episode of Star Trek once. Oh, my God, Mark. Uh, where, where Q takes on. No, I'm just kidding. Well, it's, I, I mean, it's like it. Yeah, right? yeah it is like yeah. it. Yeah. I need to address something at the very end because I think we need to wrap up this oh, movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Mark. The last line is something about the brother going to Peru. Yep. Yeah, that's like a sequel setup, right? Exactly, yeah. right? So were they planning another yes. movie after this to go to Peru? I, I mean, this tell one made you. so much money that it's weird that they didn't. They really yeah. tried to do another one, I think. And what happened was they just couldn't get the studios on board for it because at that time, Brendan Fraser was like losing traction as an action star. Mm-hmm. As a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Losing traction on his life. I do have to life. say, so this movie had a 12% rating mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. But there were some critics who enjoyed it. One of them. Me. Martin Hitchoff. <laughs> Also, Roger Ebert I gave it a like, three out of four. Wow. <laughs> what kind of rating is that? Wait, he goes out of four? <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. Uh, and then, what was uh, that out of four? And three out of four. Wow. And his quote was, it was just plain dumb fun. That's why. Didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't Robert Eger, Ebert have a stroke? Yeah. So maybe this is during the stroke. Oh, my God. Didn't know what yeah. number to give. He yeah. said it was the best of the series. Oh, wow. I no, know. he did. Yeah. A oh, heavy, he did. That's no, a very, he did I talked to him. That's a very heavy claim to make. Yeah. All right. So I read this movie before, and I think it's the same. Two. Out of three? Ten. Out of three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I rated it a, a three. Now, I didn't finish it, but talking, just seeing Mark's passion mm-hmm. about it and... Uh, <laughs> and the fireworks. <laughs> uh, I'll give it a four. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. I'm giving it a two for the Yetis alone. Uh, nice. So a 2.5. <laughs> the movie was uh, a point five. Personally, I believe it's right in the dead middle of a five. Mm-hmm. I think it's not the greatest movie. I think Mummy 2 would probably be a six, and then the first Mummy would probably be a seven or an eight. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it has everything an action movie can be. And for a, a, a not even a sequel, a trequel. It, it has really i mean it's good for like a third movie to come out look at all the other third movies all right relax <laughs> mark i, I admire your passion i just think you guys are too hard on brendan fraser's third fourth movie i don't <laughs> i'm not hard on brendan fraser i just this movie was like it never settled down i was just like this wasn't for me you know maybe because in 2008 post 9 11 
people at that time wanted. It's very post 9/11. People wanted more action. They didn't want to settle down. They wanted just constant speed and power. Yeah, maybe. Momentum. I don't know what to tell you, Mark. Well, moving on. <laughs> um, how are you guys doing? How are you doing, Mark? I feel pretty good. Uh, this next movie that we're going to talk about, um, I was going into it, was not into Dreading it. it. And then I watched a trailer for it, and I, I realized what the movie's about. And it's a genius plot to a movie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I liked it. I have to pee, but I'm going to hold it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm okay. I'm just okay. Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm a little on edge. I don't know yeah. why. It's because of our discussion before this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we won't, we won't <laughs> go into it, but it was fiery. Fight. Uh, <laughs> Some presents weren't given. Should we put Mark on the hot seat? Nah, right we'll now. wait. We'll oh, give no. you a little more time. Yeah, no, we'll wait for the really. I'm right. so excited to talk about this So movie. let's jump into it. Uh, the next movie, this is actually his highest rated movie. Um, came out in 1998. Mm-hmm. Rated 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. And that movie is Gods and Monsters. Starring Brendan Fraser, as well as Ian Sir, Sir. Sir. Sorry. Come on, dude. <laughs> Sir Ian McKellen. I got yelled at last also night Lord by the saying Rings. Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> by who? Some person at our house. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> was, was it you? you? Yeah. No. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, yeah, so I didn't know anything about this movie going into it at all. Yeah. Came out loving it. I knew oh, you'd wow. love it. I told you. I loved this movie, too. It was all right. <laughs> I thought it was great. I like wasn't expecting anything from this movie. I was, we were all dreading watching this movie. Yeah. And I kind of like it was like a slow burn, but and a little dated, but I loved it. I I I really enjoyed it. I thought there was some w- weird scenes to the movie that didn't quite feel like they should have been in this movie. Um, <laughs> and I can I could give you a prime example right now if you want one. Uh, Matt, say the word. Yeah, you want it? Okay. It's fine. The, the word is uh, that in the scene where he's Brendan Fraser's calling his parents from the t- uh, the telephone toll booth, whatever yeah. it's called, uh, <laughs> the on the shirt, booth. he's like just rapidly firing <laughs> off words to on the phone, oh, yeah. and he's like he's like I got no more dimes, and flips a dime, oh, and it's I very know. like gaggy, almost like a like a comedy mm. break in the movie, and it didn't mm. feel right. And no, that, it, was to, it was to show like. He comes from poverty and like well that, that like but yeah the dime thing really yeah. well I think he just wanted to get off the phone like he, he was, did yes yeah. I know I know what he wanted <laughs> yeah. to portray he knows what what the purpose yeah. of it was but it was that and like some of the bar scenes were well, a little was, like out of well they were outdated gaggy it felt like it was like a I think they were just like that's also Brendan Fraser and I think they're just like outdated I think they yeah. just show like that's the world he comes from and he's being introduced to this new world and now it's showing that he doesn't belong to that world anymore and they don't understand he doesn't understand. Well, okay, guess uh, what I'm trying to say, if you let me finish, (laughs) is I think that it was a poor directing choice by the director, and it was a poor acting choice by some of the characters. Oh, it was definitely a poor acting choice. So let me give the synopsis, because I feel like this movie way under the radar. Probably not a lot of people have seen it. Um, And it's a great Sunday afternoon movie, I would say. Oh, I agree. I would say. Um, So yeah, it's Gods and Monsters, and uh, yeah, here's a synopsis. Once a powerful Hollywood director, best known for Frankenstein and The Bride of Frankenstein, James Whale, played by Sir Ian McKellen, is long since retired in increasingly poor health. His stalwart housekeeper, Hannah, played by Lynn Redgrave, quietly disapproves of Whale's faceless, nameless parade of young gay lovers, but when the director takes an interest in a new gardener, Clayton Boone, 
played by uh, our film friend BF, a former <laughs> Marine and Korean War veteran. It seems to be for something more than his usual casual conquest. Uh, yeah. That describes it perfectly. It I guess yeah. based off the real person. This movie is like a newer version of Sunset Boulevard. Never seen it. This movie oh. is also a, uh, I think the direct, uh, I'm sorry, Call Me By My Name, which just recently came out. Oh, right. I think that this right. is, was blatantly a ripoff of that movie. Wait, this well, movie was a ripoff? No, that oh. movie was a ripoff. Before, Have you seen that movie? No. But before, <laughs> before that, like the original of this is Sunset Boulevard. Oh, is it really? So Sunset Boulevard is about a woman who was a screen actress for silent films. Mm -hmm. And she lives in this house by herself where she's like lonely and Mm -hmm. wants like a lover. And this man comes to the house and um, doesn't really understand what she's famous for and starts hanging out with her and spending time with her and like swims in the pool and like takes her places and she like kills herself it's like very it's almost isn't, like a direct parallel to that isn't movie. this like a true story though <laughs> yeah. It, it not I, based yeah, off, yeah i would say it's based, based off, off of real facts yeah. yeah but i'm saying like it's like the way it's they filmed it yeah same vein, vein, yeah. Same vein. Yeah. and this is also based off a novel father of frankenstein by uh christopher bram mm. oh, bram stroker yeah i was just thinking but, oh maybe but it's his last name yeah. the um one of the executive producers in the beginning was Clive Barker, though. Oh, I saw oh, very that. Cool. Yeah, which is cool. Bailey's favorite author. One of, I read uh, forty pages of a book once. <laughs> it's it's strange that this movie opens up with Brendan Fraser like down on his luck, and he starts smoking a cigarette, and the next scene the cigarette's just gone. By the way, I don't forget to pick that up. He in the probably movie. finished it. Well, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cigarette smoking. Yeah. Yeah, cigar. Well, sexy and it's phallic. So yeah, uh, oh, oh, the cigar. Yo, the cigar scene was very so phallic. phallic. Just sucking on that cigar. Yeah. He literally so. like. I mean, I'm sure he did it on purpose. Like, oh, he, absolutely. Like, there's wrapped yeah. his lips around. It. <laughs> What's wild is that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. Uh, it's why that's just why. Um, Sir Ian McKellen though delivers oh, a yeah. tour de force. Yeah, and Brendan Fraser, hot not as sexy, always, not as sexy in this movie. Oh my movie. god, Yo, I thought he was uh, so hot. He's way in ten years. He he gains so much more muscle mass. I have a theory about why they casted him. Why? Because he looks like Frankenstein. Ooh. Yeah, he's that jaw structure. Yeah, he has and a jaw the, and the, the flat hair, top. The hair. Yeah. And well, he's I mean, kind of dim-witted. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yo, that's kind of true. Like, I mean, at this point in, like, his career, he's done, like, airheads. Yep. And then, like, after it, he did, like, George of the Jungle. So it's, like, very weird. One. He's already done Mummy Encino Man. That was all afterwards. He'd it's already done weird. Encino Man, airheads, George of the Jungle. And um, right after this, he did Blast from the Past. Yeah. So, yeah. He's also 16 in this movie. No, he's not. Oh, I'm sorry. That was a <laughs> yeah. lie. One, that was two truths and a lie. That was, I, uh, but but it, I, I also think it's just for even, okay, the characters, like James Whale finds him like to be his, I guess it's a muse, but just someone to connect to. And maybe it's him like reconnecting with like Frankenstein, and he his even monster. Says and it's, it. it's like that parallel. There. And he always says, yeah. you can be my monster. Like he right. says that. And he, yeah, and he screams, I'm not your monster. So I yeah. think... I think that's there's something. He's there. his Frankenstein, but then yeah. at the same time, like in the like the middle of the movie, I was like, oh, maybe James Whale is like Frankenstein, and he just wants mm-hmm. a friend. Like mm-hmm. at, at different points there's, in the movie, yeah, I was like, he's Frankenstein. No, he's Frankenstein, but it's all like that's another based thing. off for sure. Oh, Frankenstein. Yeah. I did the same thing. Yeah, I mean, you see that only that. at the really at the end. That yeah, uh, right. Um, 
uh, Jimmy Whale was his name, by yeah. the way, Serena McKellen's name. Uh, he feels that himself as not only a homosexual, but also someone that survived the Great War. Right. He himself has PTSD, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. And uh, he it feels like he's a monster. He can't find yeah. anything yeah. anymore. Exactly, is that the yeah. first commonality that we're going to address? Um, yeah. The war PTSD? I, I, this is, is a kind of a, a play on a, a war movie. This, yeah. I mean, for me, really, is it more of a war movie than it is. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, that comes movie. into it being yeah. a more of an influence yes, than yeah. the homosexuality yes. and yeah. stuff. It, you know, you learn uh, Jimmy Whale's story with, like, this person he loved. Were they yeah. lovers? Yeah. In the yeah. war, he just admired yeah. him. Yeah, he, was, he just so admired him. Right? Jimmy was a... Um, uh, uh, officer in the Great War, they fought for the British, and in the trenches there was like a love that you know formed between two uh, brothers basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm reading a, a really good book right now called uh, The Psychology of Killing, which is about war. And mm-hmm. one of the things they talk about is you know like you you love the person that's in the trench with you right. more than you would love your own family because right. if you screw up they die or yeah. if they screw up you die yeah. so you form this love but I think for him not only was it a love of a, a fellow soldier but also an attraction like a sexual they might love. have had yeah. set, you know we're having mm-hmm. sex and yeah. then uh, in it and uh, yeah it's a but then yeah. he watches him die, yeah. and they kind of mistreat the body and I think that's just a huge regret that oh, haunts yeah. him yes forever yeah, yeah. it ruins mm-hmm. him yeah you know, it mentally. does ruin him yeah um, he had like a he had a rough life. It's yeah. kind of tra- It's so tragic, actually. It is. Uh, I kind of think they're they're both kind of tragic, right? Brendan Fraser yeah, is like from the wrong side of the tracks and kind of had a rough upbringing. And they got discharged. They both had daddy issues. Yeah, for sure. Definite. Daddy oh yeah. Issues. Makes me question if Brendan Fraser's character in this movie is an ex-con as well. If he's like served time. Uh, I could see it. I could see him having. I mean, he got medically discharged from the Marines. His his, uh, appendix burst. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a question. Yes. Go ahead. Are you still a Marine if you get dishonorably Mm -hmm. discharged? Yes. My father was dis. Well, at the end of your term, you are. They have to discharge you from the military. So it's an. But that's honorably discharged. Dishonorably. Dishonorably. Like he was. Oh, he was medically medically discharged. discharged. Yeah. So if dishonorably discharged, you're gonna get kicked out for something you did wrong. Yeah. Some people would would debate you're not a Marine. But I mean, if you're serving in the military, you've done you know forty years, whatever, in the military, and you get dishonorably discharged, you're a marine. You know, there's yeah. nothing that's going to change yeah. you about that. Mm-hmm. I just slap my legs so loud. And it yeah. sounds... I do like the scenes. Uh, sometimes I mean they're tense, but like, so uh, Jimmy Whale becomes a. I mean, he likes to sketch or paint. You think that the whole time that yeah. he's you know working on his sketches, and he uses uh clayton boone as like a model mm-hmm. i like those scenes because that's where they kind of open up to each other and you yeah. see why why he sees something in him you think it's a sexual attraction which it, it is it is it is yeah. but he wants brendan Fraser's character there more for companionship companionship yeah. and that's where your theory about the monster's friend yeah. uh comes into play yeah. as well. it, you you they set up um, uh, Surrey McKellen's character as this like deviant in the beginning right yeah. away with mm-hmm. him right. making the reporter yeah. you know play strip question. I hate that reporter. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, so that was a very poor uh, casting choice for yeah. a reporter and acting yeah. by the reporter. Yeah. yeah, he's so annoying. But like, he is kind of like uh, you kind of like get the, like the picture of like he has like these guys that kind of like admire him always like yes. And come over and he makes them like mm-hmm. take, take off, off their clothes and then it kind of like put a bad taste in my mouth for him mm-hmm. right in the beginning and that's but that's also what that reporter wanted because when later on he goes to a party f- to like 
honor this man who's like a director and that reporter comes to the party and got the main character invited to it and they have a conversation you find out that the reporter really wanted that he wanted to like get naked in front of him and have a relationship with him they also do a lot of foreshadowing in this movie like a lot throughout the Mm -hmm. entire thing and uh, the one scene where he's laying in his bed after suffering one of his first strokes. I can't tell if it's yeah, a first like stroke. Mini it's like strokes. a mini stroke, yeah. yeah. Which uh, he then is starting to suffer some like PTSD feelings mm-hmm. from that. But he then is in bed laying after suffering this first stroke, mini stroke. And he like commits suicide. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I really believe that that was the I did too. Mm-hmm. I and then it switches back to like, uh, he's just thinking about killing himself. And he laughs afterwards when he thinks about it. Yeah. And can we talk about maybe my favorite character Ooh. in the movie? Who? Hannah. Oh, wow. Oh, Underdog yeah. character. You don't like her? Yeah, no. I love Hannah. She's so loyal to she him no matter loyal. what. She doesn't agree with his way of life, but she's like so loyal to him and so good to him. And she, he kind of treats her like dismisses her sometimes like she's not even there, but she's loyal and... I don't know. I like her character. I do and she's too. funny. I like the scene where they're like, he's sick and they're in the living room and they're watching his movie, Bride of Frankenstein, um, on oh, the yeah. little TV. And he's, and Boone's watching it at the bar with his friends, like mm-hmm. that parallel, mm-hmm. and how they're watching it. And the friends at the bar are laughing at it. And um, Hannah is um, scared. And she's like, ooh, this movie is not for me. And it was so It's not cute. my teacup. Yeah, it's not my teacup. <laughs> so speaking of the bar, I wanted to point out an interesting uh, commonality between the first uh, Mummy movie <laughs> and uh, this movie. One of the bartenders behind the bar, he was wearing a black shirt. That was the same actor, his name's Kevin O'Connor, that plays Benny in the first Mummy movie. Oh, wow. The guy with like a real thin mustache. Yeah. And he betrays, you know, back to betrayal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He betrays... Uh, mm-hmm. Great commonality. Yeah. Do you guys have any other commonalities? Yeah, mine weren't huge. Well, obviously the big one, right? Brendan Fraser. <laughs> well, I was going to well, say monsters. Also, Brendan Fraser also being in the military. He was a military right, character. Right, right, right. Uh, I was going to say monsters is the big yeah. one, right? Monster yeah. movie. And um, the war, yeah. like the placements yeah. of the war. I was going to say and Benny. he's a dad, right? Because at the end, he has a kid. <laughs> uh, for like, it's yeah, stretch. we'll count it. We'll count it. That's showing you years later. We'll count it. And uh, he plays a very manly man in both of these, like classic American manly man. Yeah, that is very true. This is post uh, post Korean War, and in those movies, it was post like World War One, post uh, World War Two. He's this like big, strong, manly man. And I agree. I think you know, in this, he, he's also the same ideal, idealistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, death before a sonar tattoo on his uh, bicep, right, right. kind of stuff. So. In both movies, he plays an aggressively manly man. Yeah. Like it's manly man before anything else. I think yeah. it's funny when they're at that like fancy party for the one director when he's being introduced yep. to the princess. Uh, he like covers, covers his it tattoo. Up. Yeah. And it's funny. And in like the whole movie, like I feel like Brandon Fraser's like fighting with like this guy is gay, like, should I be cool with him? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, should I be nice to him? But then he's going to try to come on to me, and then I'll, like, But then they have that moment where they talk about it openly, and it's, like, nice, they're on the same page, Mm -hmm. and you trust uh, Jimmy Whale, but then, I don't know, his mind just breaks by the end, and he loses it. And, And just to jump forward, he, you know, Brendan Fraser kind of, gives in well i am questioning if he was giving in because he wanted to have sex yeah i I was i was at the same point like does he want this yeah or is he just being nice to this gay man and like having him be like like he no longer cares like i'm naked like it doesn't matter and jimmy whale questions that he's like 
is this finally yeah. happening? Like, yeah. I didn't think this was going to happen. He misreads it. Yeah. I think Brendan Fraser's just confused as well. He calls it a prick. Yeah, he calls yeah, it a prick. He's an arrogant prick, he says. What happens is, is... How do you read it? Um, well, Ian McKellen's character tells him all this sad stuff about his life and, like, where he is mentally at this point. And at this point, Brendan Fraser is really feeling for this man emotionally and, like how he is at that point so he's like they got caught in a rainstorm brendan fraser has no clothes and he like disrobes pretty much mm-hmm. yeah i was I'd, like he's giving him what he wants yeah. he's and, just and he was like guy oh, you finally have your statue and i was just thinking like he i don't think brendan fraser wanted him to like have sex with him i think he wanted to let him like look at him right and that was the end of it yeah would you it disrobe for a, a an older lesbian woman that she wanted to sculpt you and you, okay. you feel bad you're for on her. the hot seat yeah i am on the hot seat right now i don't know i guess it depends on what our relationship was like and uh i would maybe Mark, would do you? it if they were an artist and and i knew they weren't gonna like have any sexual advances with me maybe i mean i'd have to have such a deep relationship if it was a hot woman and that's i would what, be all over it and that's what it was like right they had like a deep relationship yeah they did they had like a vulnerable deep connection my thing is i would rather do it for someone that like just hired me and I didn't know them at all. Oh, I would feel more comfortable doing that that's than like someone point. I know and they're like my friend. Yeah, I would, that's a good point. I'd feel a little weirder. Right. But because it same takes time, it to a different yeah. level. For he sure. also <laughs> knows like in the story that Ian McKellen was telling him, he's pretty much telling Brendan Fraser that he's dying. Right. Yeah. 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 So like he kind of processes like, Oh my God, this is my friend that I've been spending ample amount of time with taking care of. Mm-hmm. He's dying. His pretty much last wish is to draw a man's body. Mm-hmm. But, but then he doesn't then he, do that. But oh, then, he, no. then, he, reveal. then he gets him to put that mask also on. Also, commonality between the betrayal in the first movie and the betrayal that's going to show up in this end of this movie, which is that uh, they reveal after the rainstorm that uh, Brendan Fraser wasn't actually a Marine because he was medically discharged. Oh, right. oh, yeah. And that uh, Sir McKellen can't draw. Yeah, that yeah. Was anymore. The at least saddest He's, thing. that was really sad. Yeah. He's just basically scribbling. His motor skills are just. Well, I mean, gone. like the whole like the rain scene was like, oh, Brendan Fraser doesn't have a shirt on. They're mm-hmm. they're just like leading you up to like, oh, are they gonna do it? Is it are they finally gonna? <laughs> will they want that? Like, yeah, will they liked, want that moment? I like that because it was also leading you up to the comfort level too of Brendan Fraser. Like, there was like that duality of is it going to be sexual or is it just this comfort level yeah. where he's finally accepting his friend's sexuality if you listen to this podcast before you watch the movie there are penises in the movie that do show up yeah there are a couple the but penises, you yeah. never give that for boobs you never give warnings for boobs i would have gave that warning if there was a breast there in were the breasts one. in this movie yeah. where? oh where's your warning for when breasts he's, he's having sex with uh one of the divorcees at from oh, the bar you yep. barely see okay warning <laughs> there are breasts and peni in this movie i was gonna it's say it's done tastefully though with well, yeah the, it's it all is. artistic it Warning, yeah. if you're going to watch this movie, you might want to put on subtitles because it's very yeah, hard to hear. Right. Yeah, it, we watched it. I watched it with subtitles. I also yeah. watched oh, it with subtitles. Speaking of another bad uh, scene is when Brendan Fraser is sitting down and he's like getting drawn. He's like, okay with it. The part where he, he says like, why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. Oh, <laughs> and that was so weird. <laughs> and in the way his face did it, like it, he was yeah. the mummy character. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was every character that Brendan yeah. Fraser ever so plays weird. in that moment. Storms out of the drawing room. He like... 
knock some stuff over and then he's like I'm gonna knock this more it's like a cat you know when a cat's mad yeah. and it starts knocking stuff off tables he just plays Brendan Fraser plays that character yeah. he doesn't he know how to play it. any other, other than character um, but I thought Fraser he was pretty Michael decent Bottle. in this movie he's pretty decent in this movie um, he is. I like the scenes in the movie where uh, Sir Ian McKellen <laughs> would go like um, like remember things and like yeah, have like those I flashbacks oh yeah of like Frankenstein mm-hmm. and like the war and just like all the flashback scenes I thought were really really I cool. love that especially yeah. the scene where they're setting up where the two doctors are releasing the bride of Frankenstein right and it's like that's just really well done scene it's so well and done it didn't need to add the part where the other actor was like having a flu and he's like oh you're gonna do brilliant don't worry about it and the, yeah I didn't get that the, part yeah. I, it was just like extra depth to these characters yeah. into his life that was just you're yeah. right the flashbacks they did it really well they yeah, executed cool. usually i sometimes i like flashbacks in movies but sometimes it's just done and they try to be surreal with it like lost souls yeah. the yeah, movie we previously exactly. it was just done terribly this well, one killed it that's like a whole big part of this whole movie is just like right. when exactly. things would happen they would trigger his flashbacks mm-hmm. and his mind would go other places mm-hmm. and, and like, he was always saying when he didn't take his pills his mind was thinking yeah. about a hundred things yeah. at once but uh, I do think the reason why the guy that uh, that unnecessary thing where he was talking about the flu was to bring that character into that flashback because we then meet him at the party yeah you're, uh, true also interesting enough uh, I was watching Lord of the Rings. Uh, oh my the Ring god, the other night, dude! And there's flashbacks in that movie too. Dude, you hit your Lord of the Rings count. I'm <laughs> cutting it off. Yo, I hate Lord of the Rings. That's okay. I um, there's something I loved about this what? movie besides like the um story is I love the color palette, the pastel color palette yeah. in this I like movie. It. Uh, Tamara, who was also sometimes on our podcast uh, on Cheap Date, mm. uh, also mentioned the same exact thing. She loved the color, uh, color palette of yeah. this movie. Yeah. A lot of, <laughs> green, color, a lot of color. greens and like, yep. gar- I mean, he, uh, Clayton Boone's a gardener, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of floral as well. But it's all like, it's like almost like muted, yeah. which yeah. I really yeah. like, yeah. Um, which shows like the, um, the way that the main character thinks is muted. Um, which I really liked. Um, So I love that because it showed like, because he's in this kind of like almost like dream state all the time Mm -hmm. from his like stroke. And his drugs. He's he's constantly in this like... Haze. Yeah. And that's what the color palette was like where it was like this like Mm -hmm. muted colors. And when you go to that party at the house there's so many colors yeah, right. but all of them are like toned down they're muted it makes me yeah. wonder as well this is an english film i believe and yeah, yeah. bbc yeah. and i believe that just in general the way that they record things the frequency they record it at changes how we, we as americans view it it's right. not natural to us right yeah but also, yours is probably correct, too. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know I but either it. way it's like, like, we also, just can't adjust <laughs> i feel like it also like does it make it like dull but kind of like boring it's 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 not like it's a movie where people are sitting around talking to each other Mm -hmm. so that kind of adds to it but i agree like it the color palette does dull it out but i don't know i'm on board with words yeah 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 yeah. um so let's jump to the end serene mckellen after his like kind of breakdown with clayton boone clayton boone kind of gets him back to normal puts him to bed he thinks he's just going to sleep it off, and then the next day will just be another day. Turns out they wake up the next day. Hannah finds... No, Brendan, no, Brendan, Brendan finds him. No, no, Hannah doesn't find him. It's Serene oh. McKellen in the room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Turns out he jumped in the pool and killed himself. But, Brendan, Brendan finds his corpse. Yeah. Yeah, but... So Brendan Fraser the night before says, I'll see you tomorrow. And at night, Serene McKellen has a dream. About being in the war. Yep. 
Oh, right. Where, oh, that's right. Because he tells Brendan Fraser this long... Oop, I just hit the microphone. This long story about how his friend, who he was so attached to, got stuck on this barbed wire fence mm-hmm. that like you couldn't remove him from. Mm-hmm. And then every day he would say hello to him. Yeah. And then they would, and it became like this thing where everyone would say hello to him and everyone would be introduced to him. Mm-hmm. And in his dream, um, Boone takes him to this fence and he's in his suit mm-hmm. and he climbs down and puts himself on that fence. Right. And then the next morning, Boone figures out that he's in the pool, runs and finds him dead in the yeah. pool. Yeah. I mean, the night before, also, he was trying to get Brendan Fraser to kill him. Yeah, yeah, he was. So, I mean, like that was like yeah. pretty like he just powerful. wanted out. His mm-hmm. mind yeah. was deteriorating. He was such a brilliant person his whole life, but suffered from all these tragedies. Yeah, the night before, like he, I mean, it was the same scene as where he Brendan Fraser got naked, mm-hmm. and then he makes Brendan Fraser put on this like gas mask, right? And then he tries to like provoke him. Yeah, tries to like have sex with him, like kissing his neck and stuff. Touches and Brendan Fraser's like <laughs> touches his prick, and yeah. Brendan Fraser kind of freaks out, and then. And then Sir Ian McKellen was like, fight. kill me, just yeah. kill me. But like, why uh, would you kill me? he leaves his original sketch of Frankenstein yeah. for Clayton Boone. And on the back, it says for Clayton friend, friend question, question mark. mark. Which at the end of the Frankenstein movie that he directed, there's a credit scene. And it says the friend's monster or the monster's friend question mark. Yeah. Oh. And then that's like a direct correlation yeah. the like letter that. he leaves yeah the, the whole name of the movie is from a quote from bride of frankenstein in a world oh, of yeah, exactly. yeah. oh wow yeah. they bailey. Say it very, yeah. did like, you just read that on bailey, the internet no, i mean i bailey i caught up on that bailey took some notes this yeah. time right? I, i'm um, thoroughly impressed yeah but okay so and this whole thing this whole experience changes his life right mm-hmm. um, for the for the better and he gets married has a kid um and he shows the movie to his son mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, I knew that man. And he's like, get out, dad. And he pulls the picture out of Frankenstein out, out of his jacket. Yeah. He just hangs on I to it. I was like, why well, wouldn't you frame that? It's hot, a bit of a phantom thread situation. Hot take. What okay. if the, uh, the, it made his life for the worse? You know, he fell in love with this man that was much older than him. Realized he actually loved him. Because there was some yeah. weird sexual tension when he was trying to kill him. Yeah. I thought they were going to kiss there for a second. Yeah, I thought they were. But too. now he's living a lie. At, he's homosexual himself. <laughs> Has a beard wife, you know, has a kid anyway, and just is miserable watching these old movies. And then at but night when it rains, Mark. I don't know oh if that's if that I don't know if that's true because like the woman at the bar said, "You will never be marriage material. You're always just a boy, mm-hmm. right?" And then he met this man; it changed his life. Yeah. I feel Helped like him it, grow up. Exactly. He, I think he, at that point he would have known if he was gay. Well, he, he had sex made, with that woman, and then afterwards immediately goes to the sink, and in his reflection, he looks so depressed. Yeah. I think he realizes that he loves yeah. her. I but like Mark's theory. Um, it's up for interpretation. You don't it know. is they up don't for interpretation. <laughs> but I do think, like at that point, he would have made a decision if he was gay or not, and yeah, would have had the confidence right. to do that. 1950s a lot harder to. Yeah. It's true. Uh, there is a moment at the end, though. So very, the very, the very I last that moment. So the very, he, well, <laughs> the very, sorry, I apologize. I'm just really excited about this part where at the very end, Brendan Fraser is like the movie, movie's about to just you know finish. Brendan Fraser goes outside, takes the trash outside, and it's about to oh, rain. Ugh. And he looks up, and the the machine that they use to create rain 
just comes at him and like like someone has a hose and they're squirting him in the face. It was so funny. Mark watched it a second time with me at the end, yeah. and he's like, "Yo, check out the water machine right before it turns on." And yeah. it is the this movie is worth it to watch that. Scene. I've never seen rain come at an angle like that. <laughs> it's just like sideways. Yeah, they come sideways. And also that that scene killed it for me. There was no reason Brendan Fraser had to walk around. Had to walk it, like Frankenstein. Yeah. Well, I like I like that scene a lot. I I, I didn't mind it. Yo, that scene might have dropped me down half of a really yeah, I think it bumped me. it up for me a, it, a half. it was so cheesy and so lame I agree and it went on far too long like who who does that? <laughs> like come on Brandon someone Frazier. who loves a man that has passed away yeah right but a that's not what changed, but you don't life. walk around like Frankenstein all silly like and that's that. not what he know. loved about him that's the other thing I was like that's, yeah, that's not true. what he loved about this man I love my girlfriend and when she's not around I wear her clothes that's completely All different. Right. <laughs> Yo, I hope, uh, you know the Stark universe that you're talking yeah. about? I hope Brendan Fraser <gasps> plays Frankenstein. Ooh, that'd be amazing. That we should write in for that. Yeah, we, we should, should write in. We have to, like, do too much, you know? <laughs> we should call the radio station. <laughs> hey. Uh. Um, so this movie actually won a couple of oh, awards. Yeah. Well, the movie itself didn't, but the director, Bill Condon, won for... Like best adapted screenplay because it was from mm-hmm. a book. Uh-huh. Um, also, Lynn Redgrave, Hannah, won an Academy Award for best supporting actress. She was it, great. She was wow. awesome. I loved. It was also, I know you weren't on board with her. No, because I, I, I don't know. I felt weird with her being like, "He's going to hell because he's gay." But she also <laughs> says, "I don't, I don't think that's fair." But she's so religious yeah. that she's yeah, like, exactly. "But it's God's law." I don't yeah. think it should be that way because she loves. She loves. Jimmy yeah. Whale. She also, also, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, this is also quoted as Kevin Spacey's favorite movie. Ugh. Uh, Why'd you have to say that? Um, <laughs> also. Well, I love it. I hope you're making it up. That would be Two great. truths and a lie. <laughs> um, at the end, when they're pulling him out, he pulls him out of the pool. She has a moment with um, Boone. she kisses him. Well, not only that, I love that when she kisses him because she mm. loved him. She really did. But she was like, the police are going to be here and they're going to just question you. And I don't want that to happen to you because she knows how much he meant to him. And she knows what their relationship was like. She was like, throw him back in because I I, don't want that. I back her. I do, too. I loved that ending. It really solidified. And her husband's been dead for 20 years, but she she never denies her daughter Mm -hmm. meeting up with her daughter. She works hard. I love that. character. And she says she's still married. He's just dead. Yeah. Yo, I I was looking up the awards it won. Uh, she won a Golden Globe, by the way. But I don't think she did enough to win a Golden Globe or an award. Like, she didn't do anything. I she was very yeah, I think she minor. won an Academy Award as well for Best Supporting Actress. But uh, Sir Ian McKellen was also nominated for Best Actor. Um, <laughs> You're wrong. I'm literally looking at it. <laughs> I did my research today. Uh, but yeah. Sir Ian McKellen nominated for Best Actor lost to Robert Benigni for Wonderful life or life is beautiful that like mm-hmm. famous when he wins the award he like walks on the uh chairs to get up to no the idea. stage you never saw it no oh it's pretty cool and he gives like an impassioned speech it's pretty cool i don't know ian mckellen was great in this sir ian mckellen yeah he was really good and it, it costs 3.5 million to make and it grows 6.4 oh wow million. mine has a different number but mine said the movie cost more than what it received mm. huh mm. it cost 10 but made only six 
Interesting. Uh, interesting. Should we take it away from Jordan? <laughs> yeah, you can. Stri- I'm not Strip good with money. The fact. Jordan's not good with money. Not He's money. not good at internet. Not good with money. <laughs> he loses. He loses money on this time <laughs> so. on the show every time. I'm putting so much money into renting these movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. If you want to donate to the podcast so we can afford yeah. renting all these movies, um, what would you guys rate it, and what do you rate it now after? Actually, discussing? I bought. I bought both of these movies. Yo, I bought it again this morning. I had a rough what morning. Fuck. Um, I also bought both these movies. What would you rate this movie? What did you and what would you? No. Everyone's looking at me. Um, yeah, you're I first. <laughs> rated this a 7.5. And I think I'll keep I don't it. Know. What does that mean, Mark? What was that 7. reaction? 7.5. You're going to go higher or lower? Go lower. I, I loved it. You guys talked about how much you guys loved so it. So I'm with Kate. I'm going to go a 7. After discussing it, 7.5. I thought this movie was good. It was really well done. I thought you guys, when you talked about how much you loved it, you were all going to give it like 8s and 9s, and then you just went to a 7. But this is like... (sighs) I think it was an interesting concept, but I wouldn't give it a 7.5. Like I thought it was like a good movie, decent movie. Mm -hmm. I'd probably give it a strong 5.5 going on to So you're giving it a 0.5 over the Mommy Tumor Dragon. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to give it a 7, and then talking about it, I... I, you guys kind of sold me on a few things. Not, yeah. not Hannah. Definitely not Hannah. But, um, <laughs> I want you to 7. love 5. Hannah. So we're all 7.5 stuff for you. Yeah, this is wild. Mm. I like. I think this is a solid movie. See, it was boring. Like it was boring, but I wasn't expecting. It was boring, but I loved anything. It, it was ca- comparable crazy. for me to Calvary. I know I keep Dude. going back to it, but like not knowing what that yeah. movie was going into it, and then a movie just dialogue driven. It's. I don't know. It, it yeah. had my attention the whole time. It was good. There was like some things that were I thought were dated and like some of Brendan Fraser's character was a little dated. And so that kind of like brought it down for me a little bit. Yeah. But I thought overall it was like a really good story. All right, Mark. We're plopping you in the hot seat. Mm. Bailey, you could start him it? off. Hit him hard. I forget my original question. So do you want to? I remember him? it. <laughs> Who would you rather? Frankenstein? Or the mummy, um, who would you rather be? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, the mummy for sure. You'd rather be a mummy yeah, over yeah, Frankenstein? Yeah. Can you elaborate? No. Well, yeah. this is the well, hot Frankenstein, seat. Uh, Frankenstein's yeah, so, kind of like lonely and miserable, right? Well, like well, this is my question to answer. So okay. So uh, <laughs> I for me that was a mummy because uh, mummies don't inherently have to be evil. Uh, they were pharaohs at one time that were. You know, entombed to live forever, move on to a different place, and they got resurrected for one reason or another. Me, I'd come back as a good mummy. Uh, uh, I probably have superpowers. <laughs> I could do whatever I want. You know, I could cast spells. I could raise the dead. I could kill the dead. I could do whatever I want. As a Frankenstein, I'm just big, strong, dumb idiot, and yeah. I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> I don't need that. Do you Mo- like? Uh, like, I know you love Brandon Fraser. What else? Do you love him in other than the Mummy the series? The Mummy series. That that's I so it's I solely could care less about him as Tarzan, him as all the other movies, Encino Man, him in um, Airheads. It, I don't. I think the Mummy for me, him as an action yeah. star, is what it is. What it should be. Hurts wow. my soul. Sorry. All so right. that, I I thought you were like a you're just a Mummy fan. Yeah, more. <laughs> you're more of a Mummy fan than a Brendan yeah, Fraser. I think so. Fan. So we run into two sirs in, on this episode Ooh. today, Sir Ian McKellen yeah. and Sir Davos. Oh, <laughs> shoot. If you could give knighthood to any actor or actress. I love it. 
<laughs> living today, it. who would you give it to? Uh, I probably would give it to uh, Eddie Murphy, Sir Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be, he, would have, he it. would have great stand-up skits just based upon that. I back it so hard. Uh, he's done a lot for the community. Where did that he, come from? How did you pull Eddie Murphy? You realize he's been out of the spotlight for years. But you, he's still an actor. Well, when do you do you have to relinquish your SAG no, card? You're right. I I I agree. Weirdly, I agree. <laughs> what do you need to be a sir? Like, what's the prerequisite? You've done something great. Is that it? Sir Paul McCartney. Yeah. Obama and uh, Trump. I don't know. I just went to Obama. I meant presidents. <laughs> presidents hand out uh, these like valiant medals to people when they think they're like they've reached the greatest achievement yeah. of, like as a citizen. And do they deserve that? I don't know. They probably just get it for being there. You know. <laughs> For being for there. Being That's my there. thought on this. For yeah. being where? And I'm there. St- I'm sticking to it. I, you know, I, I think Eddie Murphy's a good choice. He, as a stand-up comedian, as an actor, he's just done a lot for life. I don't have for any life. questions. <laughs> do you have any hard hitters? Um, nah. <laughs> I do. Oh. What's your favorite Muppet? My favorite Muppet? Uh, Beaker. <laughs> okay. I like where I we're like heading. Beaker. I like Beaker, and I also like the sh- little shrimp characters. That oh, don't Pepe? Uh, yeah. Oh, That's wow. my question. Sorry. I like it. And you know what? Oh, I have one more question. Oh. Well, Net worth? <laughs> I have one more question. How do you feel about Michael Shannon? Michael Shannon. Uh, recently, I saw, I saw Shape of Water. Loved him in that. He's been in a few other movies that I thought he was like, okay, character, you know, plays his villain. I recently saw What's in My Bag with him on YouTube when he talks about his favorite records. He's a rocker, first and foremost. He kind of sticks to himself. Um, really? Yeah, he's, the, he's kind of like a, you know, yeah. and he's a very serious actor. And he's a and theater guy, yeah, too. Yeah, and they um, actually coined a term for him, which is called Shannoning, because when he was doing Shape of Water, he would nail scenes so well that Guillermo del Toro would be like, all right, the scene's done. Like, we don't have to do two. Wow. And he would say, no, I want to do another one. I think I could do this scene better. And Guillermo was like... Uh, that's Guillermo. crazy. Why do we need to do that? That's how his name is pronounced. Guillermo. Guillermo. That's how it's, he's Hispanic. I approve. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, while we're on the subject of that, where are you with M. Night Shyamalan? Uh, he hasn't where done a lot you? for me lately. Really? Really? Yeah, not done a lot. He's do, he did a, like he's doing the next second Unbreakable movie, uh, The Legend of Mr. Oh, Glass, Glass or whatever it's called. Oh, but, I mean, why did we Glass? invite you? It's called, Glass. <laughs> it's called Glass. Get out. Get out. <laughs> the le- what, Legend you, of Bagger Bands. I mean, uh, Mr. Glass. Uh, <laughs> what? Don't. What? What? Well, what didn't you like? <laughs> he hasn't just done anything for me lately. Signs was a, fan, a, a wonderful movie, and I haven't seen anything of that caliber since Signs. My favorite's still from Sixth him, Sense. At least. All right. Well, <laughs> moving. Yeah, we right, I got a hot, got a hot question for you guys. I'll tell you, you won't yeah. be what? over with it, Michael Shannon. So, uh, if you had to remove one of your fellow panelists, Jordan, from the show, <laughs> oh my god, who would it be in for what? <laughs> I would remove myself. Oh, <laughs> oh good, good answer. Damn, I, I would remove. Myself. <laughs> I would also remove myself. This is a very. We're in it till we die. Yep. That's wild because you guys started off this podcast with screaming at each other, on <laughs> <laughs> uh, not on the air. So it's interesting. <laughs> hey, we turn it on when we get recorded. Yo, Brendan Fraser's net worth is twenty five million. That's a oh, lot. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't let you guess. <laughs> it's my first yeah, time doing. You do that it work. great, great job. Glad we handed <laughs> that over. First time doing that. Hey, work. you want to do the budgets too from now on? Yes. Um, is there anything else left to say about Brendan Fraser before we? Uh, yes, I want to say all the movies I've seen him in. Okay. 
Encino oh. Man, which I've seen probably 35,000 times. And we bought the soundtrack that I one time on a whim. I did buy the soundtrack, whim, yeah. And it was it's horrible. Terrible. It's the worst. <laughs> um, still love that movie. Backed hard. Um, Airheads, also I backed that movie hard. Uh, Steve Buscemi is also in that movie. George of the Jungle, backed hard. Blast from the Past, backed hard. Mummy, backed hard. Bedazzled, backed hard. Monkey Bone, I do not back that. <laughs> and Crash, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Crash is good. I, was, is I forgot good. he was in that. He is in that. So I've seen eight movies he's in previous to this podcast. You've never seen Bedazzled? She I did it. say Bedazzled. Yeah. Where were you? Yeah, what are you doing? I was sleeping. <laughs> As usual. Um, so, Mark, are you looking forward to anything in terms of movies this year? Or give us your favorite movie from 2017. 2017? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I saw a lot of movies in 2017. So it's kind of hard for me to say. What are your some of your favorites? Logan, I think was uh, Logan was awesome. Logan. I went into it thinking it was gonna be just an action movie, yeah. and it became it's so much more, so much more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's really good. And I, that touches upon my, I mean, spoiler alert, but I dislike superhero movies because I think there's no risk, no reward. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not gonna die. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what trouble they get into, they're gonna come out of it. Marvel needs that money, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> Logan. Doesn't really Blew abide by it. Yeah, and I think it's solid because of that. Dunkirk was also one of my favorite movies of 2017. Oh, nice. Uh, I really liked Dunkirk. Fantastic a lot. World War II. I thought II it was movie. okay. I, I'm a huge World War II buff and yeah. learning as much about it and seeing th- little stories. There's so much occurred during that war yeah. that there's all these fantastic yeah. little stories that came from it, but no one will ever know because we have so many other stories to talk about. So I didn't like it at first glance. I didn't give it a fair shot. I've mentioned it before on the podcast. I was drunk so in the Jordan movie theater. Dro- <laughs> he dropped a whole box of Reese's Pieces in the I think the I fell asleep a little he bit. twice. It. it wasn't my finest moment. But in retrospect, I kind of appreciate the take like the artistic take he took with yeah. it. You know, not a lot of dialogue, beautiful shots. Yeah. I want to watch it again. I also I really like the yeah. casting in that oh, movie. Yeah, for yeah sure. Harry Styles killed it. Uh, the boy yeah. from <laughs> Killing a Sacred Deer was incredible. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you saw that? Yeah, I loved I, it. Yeah. You would like that movie. Yeah. I heard it's pretty cool. good. It's cool. Um, next next year, or this year, I guess 2018, Hostiles coming out. It's going to be a... Um, oh, right. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. I mean, what's mm-hmm. his name? Christian uh, Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah. <laughs> Same it's guy. Gonna, so. It's gonna be yeah, yeah that movie you just showed me yeah, the trailer for that really recently. Good. I like movies, and yeah. uh, and I'm not sure to say. Sue me, sue me, Kate and I just saw Phantom Thread together. Uh, I loved it. It was awesome, incredible. It was so good. DDL, he's you hear it here first. He's gonna win Best Actor. He no better. Way. He I, is incredible. I, you hear it. You heard it here first. You hear it. <laughs> you, <laughs> you hear I it. I guarantee you that he will not win. Someone who else do you will think win. will win? Gary Oldman. Ooh, uh, I don't think so because he yeah. won Golden Globe. I don't think he'll. Well, win what do you both. think? They, they give him an award. They're like, well, he won that one. Bailey, Let's give him someone. Bailey's on this weird man. trip where he thinks if you won the Golden <laughs> Globe for it, you're also gonna win. Yo, so I think people. there's a better chance of you winning an Oscar than not if you won a Golden Globe. So like, people, some people think well, you deserve it. That I kind of you know agree what I mean. With. Yeah. I, I get that, but some people hated on the fact that he won that Golden Globe. He also won a Critics' Choice, so. I don't know. So suck he's on that. So, he's so epic in this movie. It's crazy. Um, he really is. He's it's great. insane. He's great. Uh, yeah. So, I'll fight uh, it. Mark, do you want to uh, talk about Cheap Date? I listen to Cheap Date mm-hmm. every episode. I also episode. listen to Cheap Date. I love it. I listen to most of them. <laughs> it's great idea. Funny people. I was on it. I enjoyed my time on it. It was great. Um, you guys talk a lot of shit. 
honest on it, but you know, we'll look past that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like now hot seat's <laughs> back. <Yeah. baby. laughs> I feel more on the hot seat now. Yeah, if you guys haven't heard, uh, this house that we live in, 2030, uh, I won't uh. give the full address out. Uh, we do a little podcast called Cheap Date when we share a space with these guys here at Film Friends. The premise was myself and Mike Paulshock get together and uh, we go and go on cheap dates in the city or around you know the, the state and come back and talk about them. You know, it's a good way for people that aren't from the area or maybe tuning in from other places can get ideas and like, oh, that's kind of a cool idea to do that. Maybe something different. It's kind of transcendent into more of like friends hanging out and then mm-hmm. just talking about their hangout time, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, essentially a cheap date. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes friends can become lovers. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah. And uh, we have guests sometimes come on. Jordan, you're, you know, one of the guests that has come on and we're going to have you guys come on eventually. Yeah, sure. It's a, it's a, <laughs> and for me, it's a lot of fun. It's a good pastime. It's a good creative outlet. And uh, I hope people tune in. It's Cheap Date Podcast. Uh, cheap Date Pod at gmail.com is our email and uh check us out yeah subscribe and if you listen to this you'll love that one as well they have some great running jokes great running jokes. we might (laughs) great segments as well yeah love Love your segments Um, yo should we do one of your segments right now uh, on film friends yeah what is it should we do the what are you wearing no please (laughs) this is my least favorite yo let's do it all right mark is wearing some shorts that are very very high up on his leg (laughs) showing all of his uh he's wearing his tattoos he's wearing all of his tattoos he's wearing a shirt wearing a shirt that says can you post teens mike made me this shirt i don't know if it's a band i don't (laughs) know what it is there's a picture on it the shirt's white um i got my muscles on too he's not wearing any socks and he's wearing his famous oh because we're supposed to be up at nine in the morning to do this podcast so i got up at eight in the morning (laughs) to get ready and get some coffee which means getting ready is just putting clothes on and you were super late and so were you kate we were I was told, told 10, 10 o'clock. So I guess Jordan was the miscommunicator Interesting, there. And Jordan. you're wearing glasses oh, that yeah. have like a red the turtle shell. Red tint. <laughs> I'm not playing this game. I'm you look good. It. You look good. I'm not doing this podcast. Mark um, was showing off his muscles earlier. Yeah. Mark, well, Mark is always flexing. When I think of Mark in my mind, I think of him flexing. Because <laughs> yeah, Brendan Fraser inspired yeah, me to be yeah. muscular. <laughs> um, and yeah, in the future, we're planning on having a uh, cheap date. Film Friends crossover, mm-hmm. so look out for that. I'm very, very, for a very special very, holiday episode. Very excited <laughs> for that. Um, very but, special holiday episode. But yeah, so thanks for listening. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter at um, the Film Friends. The Film Friends. And uh, reach out to us at Cheap Date Podcast on Twitter. Email us at Film Friends Podcast <laughs> at Gmail. Email us at uh, Cheap Date Pod at Gmail Text us. Stop by. You've heard the address here so many times. Um, but oh, yeah, come on over. Yeah, come on over. Come yeah, on out. over, baby. But uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on, Mark. Thanks yeah, for thanks having Mark. me. Mark, it was a blast. Mark. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next week. Bye. All right, love you, bye. Bye. Bye.